the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today to Your Discipleship Coach. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And as always, I'm so grateful that you're listening in, and I hope that today's show engages you in a fresh way. Today's show is centered around a topic that's close to my heart. It's the topic of foster care and adoption. So again, this is really near and dear to my heart. In fact, I'm going to tell a couple of stories with you on the front end of the show. So I've been married to my wife since 1995. When my wife grew up, she grew up in a home that practiced this ministry of foster care. And for many years, my my mother-in-law, you know, was married. There's several years that she uh, was uh, parenting alone uh, just because of the context in which she lived. But in all of her time as a, an adult mother, she fostered teenage boys. And she did this for many, 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 many years and, and decades. In fact, I used to tease her that if she ever were to retire and find herself in, let's say, an assisted living place, she likely would be living with a teenage foster son right there. This is just a gift that she was to teenage boys. She had a real heart. But my wife grew up in this environment where her house was structured so that they cared for children that were in need, and in particular, teenage boys. Now, I want to fast forward to a part of my story. After I was married for several years, my wife and I were having, we had children and we found ourselves in a pastoral transition. So if you're a listener, you know that I'm a coach and I'm also a pastor. And so we were pastoring and in a pastoral transition. In other words, we were going to a, a brand new church and we were just there a few weeks. Now, in, in the church that we had left, uh, our, our our family always does ministry, and my wife, as a pastor's wife, has a unique perspective. And if you're a pastor's wife or a pastor listening to this, you'll know what I'm talking about, or some of you are close to these situations. And as a pastor's wife, there's ministry that you get to do in a church, but also there is ministry 
that you have to do sort of in your context. And you might have varying philosophies on that. But as you pastor a church serving the needs of people, my wife found herself doing ministry that she had to do as part of what she did. And she did it with joy as a great partner with me and support to my ministry. But as we moved into this new season of ministry at a a newer church, I asked my wife the question, uh, what if we let go of you doing ministry that you have to do and you focused on ministry that you want to do. Now, again, we're newer at a pastorate, and I'm thinking about our church and how to care for them and giving my wife an opportunity to serve with complete joy in an area of ministry that she feels called to serve and wants to serve in. So I ask her this question, where would you serve or what would your ministry be if you did just what you wanted to do? Interestingly enough, she gave me this response and she said, Mike, I think we should foster parent. We should be a foster parent. Now, I I looked at my wife and I said, hey, this is not what I was talking about. I was talking about ministry in the church and yet you turned to me and you said, I want to do foster parenting. And I My reply was this, that this is a calling for both of us, not just one person. So I need some time to to think about this and pray about this. So I did. I took some time and I prayed about, about what my wife had said. And I discovered that God was calling our family, my wife and I, our current children, into this ministry called foster care. Now we, we, uh, it was our first time ever doing this and we weren't, uh, thinking about adopting in any way. Uh, we were just going to foster parent these children. And here's what we did is we actually only offered our care to newborn babies that were placed into the foster care system at birth. And so we would bring home newborn babies from the hospital. Now, our story unfolds like this. Some of the children that we foster parented were restored and reunited to their biological families. And we counted that as a win. Some of the children that we fostered were uh, adopted by other parents. In fact, there was one particular story that we got to uh, be present with the parents that were receiving the child for adoption just prior to them going to court. And it was a, a fabulous idea. Now, now, I I just want to make us aware that there are some children that going through a foster home that would actually remain in the foster care system. And every story is unique and every story is different. So as you listen today to your discipleship coach, what we're doing is we're talking about this idea of fostering and adopting children, foster care and adoption. So like I said, we fostered these newborn infants. And so we, we actually fostered several children. But it ended up that the stories continued to unfold. And in one of the stories, uh, we actually adopted uh, a child. Now, uh, I have six children and our first four are biological. Now, here's number five that we adopt. I love telling this story. When we were in the courtroom on adoption day, uh, what was fabulous about the story is my daughter, as we were standing in front of the judge, my wife was holding her and, and she reached her hand around my face and touched the side of my face and just gave me this look uh, from a daughter to a dad. And the judge saw that and made some comment. It may not be a direct quote, but it's pretty close. 
Well, there's no question here that bonding has occurred. And it was so true. So we adopted a child that day. And then later on, our story continued that we continued foster care. And lo and behold, God had directed us to adopt yet another child. So we we ended up adopting that child. And interestingly, it was the same judge that did both of the adoptions. It was a fabulous, fabulous uh, experience to adopt these two beautiful children. What's interesting also with the story is our youngest child, the youngest adopted child, is 18 years younger than our first born biological child. So we are just in this, and there are people that have fostered more children than us, people that have adopted more children than us. There are people who have adopted and have never fostered. There are people who have fostered and who have never adopted. There are people that are part of caring for children in this these ministries of fostering and adoption that actually have not fostered or adopted. And in fact, we're going to meet a guest here shortly with a ministry called Called to Care. We're going to meet the executive director here shortly, and she's going to talk with us in the second half of the show about some of these stories. But I want to go to this uh, question. Why was it that we chose to foster? It was not just because my wife had a bright idea. See, you know, uh, we, we, we knew that we were all called to do something and maybe we were called to adopt or foster or support in some way and we didn't know, but we knew that we could do something. And in fact, that brings me to a strategy that I use when I coach and live my life. It's called could, should, and will. What could you do? And, you know, we knew that we could do something, foster, adopt, care. What should you do? We knew that we should, according to God's call in our lives, have, have children in our home. But we answered this question, what will you do? And our story unfolded that we ended up fostering and adopting children. And that leads me to introduce to you this great ministry known as Called to Care. They're just a little over one year old. And I have the executive director of this charity with me right now. Her name is Sherry Chapman. And I want to introduce her to you. In fact, Sherry, I want to step in right now. And I just want to thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for being with me. Thank you, Mike, for having me. It's such an honor, and I'm so thrilled to be here with you today. Thank you so much. I'd like to, before break, give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to my listeners. Would you do that for us today? Sure. Well, like Mike said, my name is Sherry, and I live about 50 miles south of Chicago in the middle of the cornfield. <laughs> I have been married to my husband, Phil, who's also a pastor, and we have been married for 25 years and just celebrated in Mexico, which was amazing. We are foster and adoptive parents. We have 11 children in total, which shocks me still every time I verbalize that. Um, three of them are bio children. Two we adopted from Ethiopia. One adoption through foster care. And then we have a current foster placement, which is a sibling group of five. Um, and I have to add in that I'm also a Mimi to two grandbabies mm. and one on the way. 
And professionally, um, I'm a social worker, and like you said, I run a nonprofit called The Care that supports foster children and families, and it's really the passion and heartbeat of my days, for sure. Um, basically, I always say I'm just like a regular girl <laughs> who messes up all the time, and I'm just striving every day to love more like Jesus, but that's kind of what I'm up to today. Well, that sounds so great, and I want to ask my listeners to hang in tight as we go to break, and we're going to interview Sherry, I want to thank you for being with us today, Sherry. But right now, you've been listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And we are here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. So listen in as we interview Sherry Chapman with Called to Care and see what you can learn about foster care and adoption. Thank you for staying tuned in. You're listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. And today we have a friend of mine, a guest on our show, Sherry Chapman, who is the executive director of an incredible charity, called to care. And I want to jump right in and and ask some questions to you, Sherry. And I'd love for you to share with our audience uh, how you formed this foster and adoption charity called to care. How did this come to be? Sure. Well, um, my husband and I became foster parents four years ago, and we had already been adoptive parents for quite a while from an international adoption, but really we're kind of green to the foster parent world. And at the same time, I was also working um, in a foster care situation as a social worker. So through those things, I just saw a lot of gaps, um, both in the system um, and just in the process and in homes. And from start to finish, I just saw so many holes and places of extreme need. And I just kept thinking, like, when I would go to bed at night, when I would wake up, I just would think people would help if they if they knew how. If people saw what I just saw, they would jump in and help. And um, I was at a conference, actually, one time, and I heard someone say this. Everyone isn't called to be a foster parent, but everyone is called to care. Mm. And it was like time stood still, and I knew that that was what the Lord was calling me to do. And so that was out of that is how the name called to care began of our organization. But that was really kind of the beginning of just a deep desire to lay a path and a, and a way for people to be involved. Cause my gut told me people would help if they knew a way and they had a how, and um, that has really been proven to be true over the last year for sure. That is so powerful. And I love the statement people would help if they just knew how And thank you for letting us all breathe a sigh of relief, because not everyone is called to adopt, but we can all care. And that that, that helps me think, in your opinion, how does caring for these children that are in need, maybe to be fostered or adopted, how does that relate to the Gospels? Yeah, oh gosh, that's the other piece of this for me. That is my (laughs) grounding force, um, for sure. So... 
I just, what Jesus did for me moves me to want to work on the behalf of others. So while fostering and adopting isn't comfortable, I, when I, the more I'm in scripture, I just don't see God calling us to a life of comfort. The Bible says, take up your cross and follow me. And Mm. in first John, which is our verse for our organization, scripture says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And so to me, that's it right there. I laid down my life for others because he first laid down his life for me. And that scripture actually goes on to say, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And I just always think Jesus saw me in my mess, stepped in, saved me and -hmm. changed my life forever. Um, And that example is what drives me into action. I'm not just speech with regards to foster care and caring for vulnerable children. I, I love what you're sharing with us today. You're talking about love as an action to, to act and to display yeah. truth. And, and, and it stretches us beyond even areas of comfort. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Wow. For sure. It's not a comfortable journey. Right. <laughs> That's for sure. But such a worthy one. So it's a worthy journey, and I'm thinking um, that that as a church, and I'm thinking not just a congregation, but just the church, right? The church has a role to play in caring for children who might be candidates for foster, being fostered or adopted. How can the church sort of engage with this type of ministry, like called to care? Sure. Um, you know, the Bible might not actually say the word foster care. We're not going to find those in there, but I really don't think we have to look far into scripture to see that God's word actually has a lot to say about our involvement with vulnerable um, and hurting children. So, you know, in Proverbs 31, it says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Psalms tells us to defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause for the poor and the oppressed. So we can't get away from it. And I think it's something we can all agree on. And I think the church often gets it right in terms of discussing the orphan crisis, encouraging members to foster and adopt, and they might even, you know, have speakers come in to promote those things. And it's it's actually not even all that difficult to get people into that realm, to get people on that page. But where I think the church sometimes misses the mark is caring for families after they've fostered or adopted. And, and and my personal belief on that is there's, there's much more attention and resources that need to be placed on that back end than on the front end. So I think that's a big opportunity of growth for the church um, in America today is to just pick up and serve and encourage and be there in those trenches afterwards. It's, wow. it's hard. And I think that's a place we can see some growth and opportunity for the church. So how does Call to Care either either care for these families after the fact, or how do they help churches do that kind of ministry? Yeah. Um, well, one thing I, I think that we're doing, there's a statistic you can kind of, don't have to look far to find that 50% of foster families don't renew their license after one year. And um, that is typically from a lack of support and mm-hmm. feeling alone. And so in that way, the church can surely come around and say, hey, we're here. Your small group's going to bring you a meal every Tuesday. Or what, what can we do for you? For Can we make sure your kiddo can stay in, in Sunday school, even though it's challenging? Or mm-hmm. can we be there to help babysit for a date night? What can we do? Just really seeing them in that journey afterwards. At Call to Care, we provide a monthly support group that 
if I could shout something from the rooftops about this topic <laughs> is that we need to do this in community, not alone. And so we provide that therapeutic and support group afterwards, which is so important and critical. Um, and I think that what Call to Care can give and offer the church is just a place for their people to run. So even if you're a church and, and you're saying, yeah, we want to be there, we want our people, we want to give our people ways to be involved, but we don't know how to do that either. And so when you look at something like Call to Care or any other organization doing this work, it gives churches a place to kind of be a feeder for their people to do ministry and walk this journey with, which I think is really a great opportunity because you can want to do it all you want, but if you don't have a place for them to serve, I I hope Call to Care can be that for churches for sure. And thank you for highlighting your priority on community. And as a foster parent and an adoptive parent, I know I'm not alone, but sometimes it just feels like it because people don't know what you struggle with. So that's a powerful truth. Hey, I know I want to throw something in here. We just have a, a short time. But what are some of the activities or offerings that that Call to Care offers families? Or what are some of the ways that people could volunteer with Call to Care? Sure. Um, we At our support night, the kiddos are able to come. And so we have a child care team um, of really brave people that come in that <laughs> night and help. We have a, a team of people who provide the food for our moms that night. So that's such a cool way. Like if your thing is making food and serving people in that way, we have people drop off the most amazing food and snacks and desserts for our people. Um, I'm sitting in my office right now that a volunteer came in and painted. It was, an, you know, it needed some updates and a, volu- a local businessman actually who is an adoptee and heard about us. It was so cool. Wow. And he said, is there any work I can do? And he came in and painted for us. We have people who make our package deliveries when a new placement comes in and they need products and services for their kiddos. So I just love that there's so many ways for all kinds of people to serve. And I know that you uh, do a lot of sorting and you do a lot of organization. There's many, mm-hmm. many ways people to to volunteer. Hey, if someone wanted to look you up on the internet, where where would they find Called to Care? We are called to care.com would be the best way. That's our website. And then you can find from we are called to care.com direct links of where to find us on Facebook and Instagram and then my personal contact as well. So we are called to care.com. So be sure to visit that if you're listening and you can learn a little more about called to care and the ministry. And you might want to support this ministry or participate, or you might be an adoptive or a foster parent and, and connect, or maybe you want to make a, a large financial contribution. You would accept that Sherry, wouldn't you? I sure would. <laughs> I sure would. That would be <laughs> fabulous. So, hey, I want to thank you for being on the show today. And I am just so thankful to have met you. And my wife is connected with, with this ministry. And we've shared coffee together. Our, uh, and I've, I appreciate your investment also in, in my family as well. And as you, if you're listening today, uh, feel free to visit wearecalledtocare.com and connect with Sherry Chapman, Executive Director of Called to Care and this organization. As you also listen in today, you might be thinking, I wonder if I'm ready to receive some coaching. And if so, you can visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. On yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, you can click a free coaching readiness questionnaire. 
complete that questionnaire. We'll respond to you and we will offer coaching to you. Also, be sure to share this show and this podcast with others and follow us on social media. You've been listening today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And I want you to remember this. I am for you. I'm for you and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? Thanks for listening today. You've been listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. Partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.